everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Non yeah, you just look Hi. like you're... Oh, okay. From the okay. spa. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I, um, I, they're new and I like them, but at the same time, I like when I was buying, sorry, I'm wearing new glasses for, oh, I was like, I was talking about your shirt cause it's white. It looks like a robe. Oh, this is it just, it's like a shitty shirt. I thought you were talking about my glasses. I feel like my glasses give me an old lady look. No, no, I love them, <laughs> but, but sometimes I look in the mirror and I just feel like it's counteracted by your like Mickey mouse hair. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's something about like getting something new that like all of a sudden you're just like, this is how I felt when I got a tattoo and that's way more permanent than these glasses. And I was so excited about getting this tattoo that I got like now 10, over 10 years ago with my sister. And then I literally went to bed looking at it and I was like, what did I do? <laughs> and these glasses, while not permanent, were expensive, both lenses and um, the frames. And I like got them. I put them on and I was like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. It's like, I don't even wear them. This is normally like, I wasn't wearing my other glasses. I, my prescription went up like a whole like point and a half. Like I, I haven't been to the eye doctor in years and I knew I couldn't see far and I was driving that way. Um, just reckless. Um, so I feel better being able to see better and then also I didn't like wearing my glasses because they would fall like they were they just didn't stay to my face and there was like nothing I could do even when I would have them you go to the eye doctor they have this little machine that like um heats up the plastic and it helps for like four days yeah and then it's it like goes... it's like jeans it's like you put it in the dryer and then the perfect fit and then they just loosen up again yeah, you take four steps and all of a sudden you're just like why am I swimming it's that's a perfect analogy so I was just I, I hated it. And I, I told you about these little, little things are for people oh, that got, have sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they, there's these little plastic things that cost like no money and you put them on the back of your glasses and you could literally like headbang and they don't fall off. It's awesome. The problem is to me, somebody that keeps their hair up a lot, it just looks like I have hearing aids. Like I just didn't like how big they were behind my ears. Yeah. And I just didn't want to wear my glasses out as opposed to, before I had that issue, or even now that I have these new glasses, I wear my glasses most of the day until I have to leave the house. I would always wear them um, on flights. The other reason I stopped wearing my glasses is because of the mask, because it fogs it up. And too many times I went into a grocery store and I was like, I'm blind. I can't. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just like a, a free shirt that I cut up. I'm wearing my PJs. Cool. I woke up 20 Good minutes morning. ago. Good <laughs> morning. It's really what's happening right now is um I'm half a person. Yeah. I woke up I, I had like seven text messages and like 40 emails and I was like oh, what? Yeah. Monday came fast. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> Monday came hard and fast. I just went to therapy and I'm back. I forgot we didn't do our intro. I hate that uh therapy. Do it now. 
Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. Sorry, we went right into it. We usually introduce uh, ourselves first. Yeah. And then um, we talk about our fucking glasses, <laughs> you know. But we're too, too much friendship. So wait, you went to therapy this morning? Yeah. So, yeah. So I went to, went to therapy. Um, I realized that a lot of my, like the, what's going on in the back of my head with everything I, every interaction I have with people is, is, am I doing this right? Oh. <laughs> am I doing therapy right? My, am, am I saying the right thing? Am I going to get yelled at? Was that, was that okay to say? Are they, do they hate me? Am I not thinking of something? Are they mad at me for some reason? Come away from every social interaction going, did I do anything that they'd be like, what a fucking prick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always yeah. like, like, did I fuck up? Yeah. And yeah, I, did, I fuck up all the time. <laughs> well, we all <laughs> do. Funny? I mean, if my therapist was like, you do. Yeah, this is, this yeah, is, really you're should. doing this all wrong. Like, I have, my mm-hmm. clients are all better than you. And <laughs> like, I enjoy them so much more. But what did she say? Like, did she say there, like, I know there's like a reason for that behavior or, or not even behavior, thought process. I think just recognizing it was this first step. I don't know if she's ever going to tell me how to fix myself. <laughs> I think she's just there to like, be like, this seems like a pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, but she does this annoying thing where she um, always relates it back to therapy. Do you feel like in this situation, do you feel the same way? And I'm always like, why she's so worried about how I see her, but it wasn't, it's not that it's like, I think it, <laughs> it gets me to like see that I bring that I bring that into everywhere. Like, yeah. Cause I'm just like, what does she care? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, like, what is this about? Like, why is she so worried about how why is she making her? this about her? That's exactly <laughs> how it feels. And then she's it's like it's, I just think I realized today she's not doing that. She's just like getting me to see like this is the the like my interactions with others. And I guess I just realized that one today was um was this um I always feel like I'm going to be yelled at. Yeah. I'm trying to think because I have somewhere. I don't know if I always feel like I'm going to be yelled at. I do feel like everybody hates me. I definitely mm. have that one. Um, I read something recently about like what that is, like what that stems from, which is you had an, it's basically you had an erratic um, authority figure that um, didn't, that you didn't know how they were to be. So you always had to like figure it out. So, oh yeah, it's a hyper, what like, it's like hyper vigilance or something. It's like, you're hyper aware of other people's. Yeah. Like I have friends like that where they're always checking, like, you okay. You okay. And it's like, just chill. I'm fine. But it is because their parent, they had a parent that was so like all over the place that they had to be prepared and ready for whatever was coming at them. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. So like, I, I am aware that that's what it is and that I do it, but like, there's some natural. Okay. So I was, I was at the the cellar the other night and I was talking to my friend Mayron who I hadn't seen in a while. And I had just been talking about him um, to somebody else. And I was like, Oh my God, I was just talking about da, da, da. And I kept looking like behind me and I kept looking around and I realized that if someone was doing that to me, I would think they were disinterested. I would think they didn't like me, but it was because I was like, when I saw him, I was like trying to fit. Cause like, the shows run so late at the cellar and they have four big TVs for each room. And sometimes you can look behind and be like, Oh, I'm after, you know, I'm after, um, I don't know, uh, Daniel Simonson. So I need to head over to the fat black, which is around the corner. 
but one of the TVs wasn't working. So the other thing you do is you look to see if that comic is sitting down and you're like, well, if that guy's calm, then I don't need to be worried about my spot. Cause sometimes these shows will run like 45 minutes behind. So I was just in this kind of like panic place of whatever, but I wanted to talk to him. And then finally I looked at him and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm being kind of rude, but it's cause I'm stressed out about if I'm supposed to be on stage in 10 minutes or not. He's like, go, 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 go. But I realized that like, you're picking up on stuff, but you also don't have all the information when you're picking up on stuff. Yeah. It's funny. Cause whenever my therapist, sometimes her eyes will flicker to the side. And today I had to tell myself in my head, cause whenever she does that, I go, Oh, okay. I'm boring now. Think of something else to say. <laughs> Always so worried about entertaining her. Um, and then I was like, you know, she could just be like, Oh, that actually reminds me of something else you said. And she could be still engaged, but to me, it looks like disengagement and boredom. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing is that like, there is some hypervigilance that is on track. Like I've seen where, and I've hurt somebody's feelings. Like I am very uber aware of change, especially in people I know very well, but especially when you don't know somebody well, you know what I mean? Like, 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 um, I find it very interesting when my hair's straight, I play with my hair a lot and people are like, are you nervous? And I was like, no, it's just really soft. Like I, I don't touch my hair because it's curly and then it's straight and it's just it's so soft. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not nervous to be around you person I've known for 40 years. I'm <laughs> genuinely just a little bit like a little kid, the same way I like petting my cat. Cause he's soft. Like, yeah. so it's also like, there's these things that people think they know that is just not accurate. And I do that all the time. So I try to remind myself that like, maybe if I pick up something with, with you, that's a real change. Cause I talk to you all the time, mm. but other people, you're, you're just kind of pulling anything on the flip side. Like, you know, when someone's talking so much that they're not picking up on any of your, oh like, my your, God. your shoulders aren't squared anymore. You're kind of like stepping away. Your you know, like, back is to them and they're like starting a story. How are you not picking up on anything I'm putting out here? I'm trying to get away from this conversation. Why are you not? It's crazy. Bye four times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, well, bye. I'll see you later. It's been great seeing you. I'm going to go now. Like any, every different variation of I have to go. And you're like, and then they're following you out the door and you're just like, I can't, I, I can't. <laughs> following you out the door. I can't, I can't do this. Why? I guess I, I have, I have my to life say, partner. I'd rather somebody say it again. I guess they're my life partner now. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're, married. we're married now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how did you guys meet? He just didn't know I was leaving. You just didn't know. I didn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I much rather somebody be like, are you mad at me? than somebody be like, we're best friends. And like, I don't know, like just pick up on nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. No. Oh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I, uh, <laughs> my fire alarm in my apartment works. I found out last night because, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been, I've been cooking a lot in my kitchen. So there was a moment that I was like, I hope this thing works. Um, and then I was making like a sauce and I was remaking an old sauce. And I kind of was like, I know what I'm doing. And I don't know if it was because I used a smaller pan or what, but like the smoke came up and I had the thing going and whatever, but my fire alarm went off and you know, my old place, you just kind of wave something. It's fine. This one was like, hey, it's on fire. And I was like, it's not off. I'm like windows open. <laughs> so I'm trying to get it down because I don't know enough about fire alarm. I was like, how long does this thing go off before the fire trucks come? And I have to just like be in my PJs being like, no, I'm just a bad cook. Like it's not yeah. a big deal. Um, 
And then um, I broke it. Like I was just trying to get it off and it fell. My ceilings are kind of high and now I have to get a new one. And it was fucking expensive. But I was like, oh, it's a good thing the thing this thing worked for a year. I- uh, well, I mean, it's good that it works. You're totally frozen, but I can hear you. So that's annoying. Um, wow. Let's pause for a sec. I forgot what I was talking about. My Me fire. too. Well, we were talking about fire alarms. Yeah. And then like it um, went off. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's so funny because it like went off and it was like really hard to like disengage, which is like great in some sense if it was a real fire. But like when it's not a fire and you're just like in your PJs and you're so scared, a bunch of fire like firefighters are going to show up and you're just going to be like, no, I'm just a bad cook. Like, you're, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, hey stop biting me. What were you cooking? Hey. Um, so I was just so I'm on this elimination diet. So like I um. I've been eating really simply. So I just made like grilled chicken. And then I was just making this kind of caper sauce I've made before. But I think, I think what went wrong was I made it in this small pan because I was too lazy to cook the pan I cooked from earlier. And I um, was making a small pan rather than a large pan. And it was like maybe just too, too saucy. I don't know. But it was just like, it was like capers and lemon juice and butter and something else or whatever and, uh, and garlic and i don't know it just like it was just a cool like when i put the lemon juice in it was like it was like a potion it was like <laughs> out of a movie and it was like, I this big... so powerful dude i thought a genie was coming out because it was like this huge <laughs> cloud of smoke and i was like oh that's not good um it still tasted great it was a little burnty but it still tasted pretty good but like it was just my ceilings are really high and i have that like vacuum thing that kitchens have and that was already on but like i mean window up fanning it I had to get a ladder out like you know it was just like but like I was just trying to get it off because I just don't I should probably look up how long of beeping it takes before like the fire department is like oh we gotta go rescue a bitch but um <laughs> because it's so high up I went to unscrew it just to wait a minute to you what? think that like fire alarms go off and then and then it alerts the does it I don't think it alerts I don't, the fire I don't department know. I don't know do how do they know about it you What's call the point of a or fire alarm calls? I feel like a neighbor after a while would be like, mm, this isn't right. I don't know that like they just have everyone's fire alarms alerting them. Like part- that's true. Maybe that's ignorance, but like it's also super, super loud. And it was like I was cooking pretty late. It was like 1030 at night. So there's also a part of me that's like, oh, no, I'm going to like wake up all my neighbors and like oh, people yeah. with real jobs. Um and that's the one thing I don't like, again, about being like a forward facing apartment, because like my windows are up, it's like late at night. And then now I'm like, because if you have like, a, if you have like a, um, like a security alarm, it'll alert the security company. Yeah, but those are like privatized companies. I kind of need to look it up now. Is I that- need to know, too. But I don't think the fire department just has access to everyone's fire alarms. Maybe there's yeah, no maybe computers just- in the alarms. It's just a battery. I'm just going to pause it while you do that. I feel like a little kid because I just just didn't. So it says not all fire alarms are monitored. Again, the default option is to install a single station fire alarm, which means the system goes off when the sensors or pull stations are triggered, but it doesn't send a signal over a phone line or net. So this this even sound and then um, most residential and that's for like a building. Most residential smoke detectors are single station units through um, through home security companies frequently often offer. They offer monitoring packages. Commercial fire alarms can be single station units as well, but recommend connect. So like it's an option that you can do for some of them, 
but yeah, it isn't. I don't know. That must be like the most little kid belief system I had. <laughs> also, I wonder, I guess maybe like you said, like I, I just, so, you know, it goes off enough and somebody calls like, let's imagine I did have a fire. I wasn't home. It's going off. Eventually somebody in the building is like, this is, this is, I smell smoke and this thing is going off. Right. And I can't see the fire, but something might be there. Okay. Yeah. It just, it threw I feel me like every fire alarm in every place I've been to has been like off the hinges, like, <laughs> like just yeah, hanging there. I, Cause there's no way to turn them off. Yeah. And so this one, I mean, it's, it's, um, it just, it just sucks. It was like when I looked up to replace it, like the exact one, cause it's, it's, um, nailed into my ceiling and it's like a screw thing. Um, it's 45 bucks. And I was like, Oh man, this sauce cost me $45. Wait, it's like to, a 10. What's $45. The, what do you the, have the, alarm, the alarm system, like the, the thing that goes off, you don't want to not have it just especially. But isn't it just a battery change? No, I dropped it. It dropped pretty high and I, nothing was oh, working. Yeah. Okay. And this one is like the battery is in it and has like a 10 year warranty. And I'm like, not if, not if you drop it in a panic from a high ceiling, it's just like these little mistakes. Like I got a parking ticket the other day and it was, I was, you know, when you like just accept something yeah. like I accepted it because, oh, so I went to the doctor. It was a nine o'clock appointment. And they didn't see me until like 1030. And oh I had God. to move my car at 11. So I'm angry. I'm going to, you know, I'm supposed to move my car. Sometimes they check. Sometimes they don't. I was like, if I get a parking ticket, I get a parking ticket. But there's nothing I can do. It took me almost five months to get this appointment for this doctor. So anyway, I'm coming back. It's 1130. I don't have a ticket. I run into my apartment to get my car keys to run and sit in my car. And as I'm coming out, there's a cop writing a ticket. I was like, no, 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 no. She goes, sweetie, I already started writing it. But so she what? goes, you know what? I'll I hate when they say that. But I think is it is. It? It's like in the computer system now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is it paper was, or is it like she like had a computer in her hand? It's like a little computery thing that prints something. So she goes, I'll say it's, I'll say it's the wrong address and I'll say it's the wrong color. And I was like, thank you. That's really nice. So then you have to wait like a week for it to be in the system. So then you have to um, uh, dispute it. So I dispute it. And I was like, hey, this isn't even my address. It's, you know, she said it was a gray car. My, my car is this color. And so I take all these pictures. Then the guy comes back, the, what a judge. And he goes, so she made a mistake. How is that? You know, you still weren't supposed to part. And I was like, fuck you. I was so fucking mad. I was like, <laughs> No. Like, and, and it, did I not move my car at that time? Yeah. But like, at the same time, like, fuck off. Like, I just, I'm just so like, and like the truth of the matter <laughs> is, yes, I should probably have gotten that ticket, but then I didn't think I was going to get that ticket. And now I have to pay that ticket and I still haven't paid it. Cause I'm just mad at the system. And it's just like, oh, so she's allowed like, and you know, she was being nice, but like, she's allowed to make a mistake. But if I make a mistake and that's like, rat, like, I just have this anger inside of me towards just like, Everybody else is allowed to make mistakes, but if I make a mistake, it's sixty-five dollars. Like you're just like <laughs> you're like, what the fuck, 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 fuck. I'm just, uh, that's where I am right now. No, that's insanely just, like, frustrating. These, these little costs that you're just like, I didn't. <sighs> but she said I could. She said I could say this. Yeah, she said she said it was okay, and she was being nice, and you're being a jerk. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, fucking being an adult is the worst. It's so I, fucking annoying. 
it was funny though. I, so I, I got a, I got a new computer and that's probably where like half the stress is, is like, that was a big expense, but I got this new computer and I had to transfer all my files and blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking to this woman on the phone. And so I had called three times before and what I was worried about, and I still haven't figured out if it's okay or not my old computer, I could never get the Bluetooth to hook up ever, like since the beginning. And so they said, they think I transferred a bug or something. Oh no. And so I tried a couple of times and eventually I was like, it's not that important. And that's why I use these wire headphones. So anyway, I didn't want to do that for this new computer. So I called a couple of times, da, 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 da. They're trying to help me. And twice they go, well, you could just take file by file and transfer it over. And I was like, that's not a solution. That's not a solution. Like that's the dumbest, like I have, cause I keep, you know, transferring all my stuff. I have like 20 years of like data and files and whatever. I'm not going to transfer one by like, this is insane. So I call this woman up, you know, I call up, I get this woman and I go, Hey, this is the thing. You know, I'm worried that I'm going to transfer this bug. Da, 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 da. And everybody keeps saying to transfer files one by one, but I'd rather kill myself. And I'm talking, and I was like, that's dramatic. I'm sorry. I'm dramatic. I use dramatic language. I, I did not mean that as aggressive as I did, but what I'm saying is like, that's not a real solution. Can we come up with other solutions? And she goes, she starts laughing. She goes, absolute. She, she goes, are you, she's like, where are you based? I was like, New York. She's like, I grew up in the Bronx. She's like, I understand how you're talking. <laughs> like, and we ended up like, having a beautiful conversation. Cause she's like, I'm in North Carolina now, but I'm from the Bronx. And like, so this kind of like, I'd rather fucking kill myself than take one file. And that's not a solution. And like, I'm being nice about it, but that's how I'm talking. And she was like, she's like, I understand. And we ended up laughing and like talking. It was just like a very nice customer service thing. It, because one, I recognize that I should not be talking to a stranger with my full personality, but also she was like, yeah, that's how I would say that. <laughs> yeah. It's just been beaten out of her in North Carolina where everybody's sugar yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah. Where they're just be like pumpkin. That's not a solution. Let's come up with something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we should probably get into announcements. Okay. Um, Patreons, people that support us, lovely people of the internet. Thank you so much. We are beyond grateful for all our um, patrons. Uh, if you don't know, you can um, uh, get early access to episodes. You can get weekly bonuses. You can get monthly bonuses. Uh, you can be a Google guest. You can control our Googles. You can get access to our albums and my book and all these fun oh, stickers. There's stickers. Um, there's all these uh, uh, fun benefits. And you can do all that at patreon.com slash two non-doctors. That's the number two in the full word doctors. Yes. And you can follow us on the socials. We're on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube at uh, two non-doctors. It's the number two full word doctors and on Instagram at two non-DRS. Uh, if you have time and you're feeling kind, please leave us a rate and review. We love it. We love it. We share it. Uh, we get excited about it. Um, thanks to everyone who's left reviews so far. And uh, what else? What else do I say? Oh, every two weeks I'm rusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, I guess well, I just... Huh? Yeah. And then, you go, yeah. and then you tell people about where you are and buy your album. And yeah, I'm at the Camden Fringe on August 9th and 14th at two North down in London. Come to that show. Um, that's on my website, those tickets. And I'm in Barcelona, I guess. Like, it's not on their website yet. So it's like <laughs> my am I am I in Barcelona, Barcelona if it's like not on the Internet? <laughs> But yeah, well, I guess I'm just going to Barcelona is the yeah. worst case scenario. Yeah, it's very beautiful there. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's uh, September 9th and 10th. Nice. Um, and then my album's out. Buy that on Bandcamp. Camp. MarishaHada.bandcamp.com or stream it. Nice. Um, my special is officially coming out September 6th, 8 p.m. on the Yuba Tubes. Um, I will have the... So basically when you premiere it on YouTube, it just kind of lets you like be like, here's a reminder and it kind of just shows the thing. So that'll hopefully be up in like a week or so. So you can set like a little reminder, but I will be shouting that from the rooftops until it's September 6th. So my special comes out September 6th on YouTube. Um, And then um, coming up, I will be in Florida. I'll be in Pensacola and Panama City in August, uh, as well as San Francisco as well as LA, I just added a, a new material show with Alonzo Bowden. So we're both doing 40 minutes of new material and we're doing that at Flappers August 30th. And then I just booked August 31st in San Diego. I'm still waiting for the link for that, but all the information's on my website at lizmealy.com. Exciting. Fan mail? Yes. Um, and while I look that up, follow me on YouTube. Uh, it's youtube.com slash Maria Shahada. Um, okay. <laughs> this is from our, uh, from is on our Patreon. There's messages on our Patreon and people and like, you should join it, <laughs> join the conversation <laughs> on our Patreon, uh, from Jim. It's, it says, uh, he says, uh, I used to have that agoraphobia. One indication of which is fear of loss of control slash being in a situation you have no escape from. The thought of being at 35,000 feet with nothing under me, but some sheet metal used to freak me out. If I thought about it for me, prayer and cognitive feedback control got me past it. Um, I, prayer doesn't help me necessarily. I would like to know what cognitive feedback control is. Prayer. Do you, do you, do you though, the fear that you now have for flying? Cause that's, that's what he's referring to as we talked about a couple episodes ago, just like this new fear of flying, which is crazy because we travel for a living and yeah. you've flown a gazillion times and you've always been somebody that was inspiring to me. Cause you were always just like, just get up and go and whatever. And then now you have this kind of newish fear of flying, right? It's been for like yeah. a year. It's like suddenly like my brain's like your, your luck's about to run out. <laughs> like, yeah. You took all your flights. Now it's time. Is that really what you're thinking? Your luck's about to run out. Cause I want to be like, no, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's, I honestly just think it's from having seen planes falling out of the sky in news stories. Cause I wonder for like Jim, Jim's like, he would, he would go, I'm thinking all of it is that's there's just a sheet of metal in between us. And what helps being dumb is I just go, well, I'm not smart enough to know how this works. So I'm not going to sit here and decide it's, it's not good or it's not working well. I know, but actually like, like Johnny's has some friends who are mechanical engineers and just talking to them, like being very um, aware of what's going on with airplanes. It's also helpful because they go, there's like almost no chance something will go wrong because everything is like checked and rechecked and double. Like, like if something fails then there's like 15 things that like protect it from failing, you know, like it's all like, there's so many safety measures in place that I'm yeah. not even aware of. Yeah. Like I like to think about that sometimes too. It just, 
Like we get really annoyed when they're just like, there's a delay and they'll be like, Hey, they need to. So like, not only if there's a mechanical issue, is there like 19 million steps or whatever, but then somebody has to check it again. And there's a sign off and, da, 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 and that's why somebody will be like, Oh, we have to file the paperwork. And you're like, really? Because of paperwork, We're de- but it's because <laughs> it's so like, so like my dad, I didn't read the book, but my dad read this book about checklists and the importance of them and what they do. And one of them was the reason there are so few plane crashes commercial. Clearly we see these little planes and Hollywood people falling out of the sky, but, but, um, there's so few play because of those checklists and how diligent they are. And like, so I, I mean, that's the few things that does make me feel comforted. Yeah. Um, it's not rational and I know it's not rational, uh, but it, it's just there. I, I, I would like to, what is, do you know what um, cognitive feedback control is? No, I've never heard of it. All right. Well, I'll look that up, but. Um, I am try, I was trying to think recently, what is something that I feel and forgive me for using the word irrational to you. Cause there are plane crashes. Oh, I just said it I, wasn't irrational or it wasn't rational. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of something that, I mean, like we've talked about social anxiety and like my big thing this summer is I'm trying to do one social thing a week and especially outside of comedy. So I've been going to like little parties and I've been going to little art exhibits and I've been like anything that I feel like I would want to do, I actually do it. And people would be like, yeah, if you want to do it, why wouldn't you do it? And you'd be like, that's crazy because I can't tell you how many things I've wanted to do. And I couldn't get myself to do it because of, you know, what if I don't know anybody there or so like a great example is there is an artist um, that I've been a fan of for a long time that we've, we've become mutual fans of each other. He came to my special taping and um, he had like an exhibit thing that was happening in the city. And it was right before one of my shows and it was kind of perfect. Like it was walkable to my gig and it was like enough time before. So I saw it. I was like, Oh, I'm excited to go to this. So I go all proud of myself for like going to this thing. I'm not going to know anybody and it's an art exhibit, but I was like, whatever, I've been to these before you look at some art, you know, I, I lied myself an hour. I go, it's a tiny bar that has his art up. And it's like, I mean, it's like the size of this room. It's like pretty tiny and it's a bunch of his art, beautiful, but it's like going to take five minutes to look at it. And now I'm just like in a bar and like kind of, and I'm like, literally like I, I wish somebody could have saw my face because I went in and I went, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, ah. <laughs> so I look at it, I'm taking some pictures, but I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to kill like an hour of time and I'm just not going to stand here. I don't know. And then ended up, um, the artist recognized me because he had gone to my taping. We ended up talking. He introduced me to a bunch of his friends. I ended up staying for the full hour and talking to his friends and it was really nice. But it was like, I literally was like all proud of myself. And then I was like, I have made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but like, honestly, like, what do you do with yourself if you're not, especially when you don't drink? So it's like, what's the, I don't drink. I don't know anybody. I thought this was going to take more time. I thought I was going to be more, more art, like, and it was fine. It was great. And I'm, I'm glad I went, but I, but Liz brain is whenever she decides to do anything that she's uncomfortable with is going through all the ways that it could go wrong. And then a new way that it could go wrong opened up, which is like, there's not, a, there's not enough art or there's not enough. It's not enough of an exhibit, which like, I was like, we didn't think of that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
cognitive so you- control like so this isn't exactly pertain to fears but this one says it allows your mind to override your impulses and help you make decisions based on your goals rather than your habits or reactions um so so you, if you decide you want to lose weight um you start an exercise program you tell you tell yourself that the goal is worth whatever it costs but there's that donut <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Someone wrote this while on a diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's glossy finish. Um, besides, you forgot to eat breakfast. You're starving. Um, this donut is your only hope for survival. <laughs> uh, and you imagine how good it's going to taste. Almost on its own accord, your hand reaches out and grabs the donut. It's just perfect. Um, and then you'll get right back on your diet after. Okay, so just as you're about to give in, however, a small voice in the back of your mind asks you if you're really willing to give up much of your hard-earned progress just to enjoy 400 empty calories of sugar and fat. See, at this point, I'd be like, yes, yes, I am. I am. Haven't you Um, had a donut? It's so good. It paints images in your mind of your slim, happy self next to your overweight, dissatisfied self. I feel like this example is really 90s friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really like it. They're yeah. just like a, like a bully. It was just like, you could be this, but instead you're this goblin. And you're like, what? I know. Let's hope. Yeah. Like how, like, I don't like this example. I'll just, anyway, I guess it's just like your mind like intercepts and says like, keep your like goal in mind. But, um, that example was so funny, but I had like half a cake yesterday. Cause it was Johnny's birthday. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> And I get this um, chocolate Guinness cake from this woman I found on Instagram who used to live in the, like the neighborhood he used to live in. That's where she lives. And I had to buy that cake again because I've been thinking about it for a year. It's so fucking good. Like this buttercream frosting she puts on it is like the most amazing thing. And I had quite a large portion of this cake yesterday, but <laughs> it's my birthday now. <laughs> it was so good. Johnny was like, this cake isn't for me, is it? I was like, it isn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here's the woman. This is what you do for my birthday. Also for Christmas and maybe just like my half birthday. I was putting the candles on it before anyone even got there. Like I was like, you ready to blow out your candles? You know, like no one's here yet. (laughs) Like I want to eat this cake. We should try it just in case it's like not good. Cause then we could get another one. I know. I think that's the best Future reference. I'm getting cupcakes. So you can't tell if one or five are missing. You know what I mean? Smart, smart. You're a smart one. Yeah. Um, thanks for writing, Jim. Thank you. Um, Google's. Yeah. Um, can I go first? Yeah. So I'm on this elimination diet to try to fix my polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, you know, I've been on it. I've been on just cause they ease you into the elimination diet. If you don't know the elimination diet, like it's funny because she was calling it this like polycystic ovarian or like hormonal balance protocol or whatever. And then as you get deeper into it, I was like, oh, this is just the elimination diet. And the elimination diet is you take out the seven, she eases you into it. And there's other lifestyle things like, like, especially because this has to do with hormones, you're supposed to take out plastic, like drinking plastic or using plastic because that is an endo crime interrupt, disrupt, disruptor or whatever, which we've kind of learned about and anything that fucks with your hormones or your estrogen. So there are other things on top of it, but this main part is like the elimination diet, which is you take out the seven most the seven things that most people are allergic to. So it's like eggs, gluten, sugar, caffeine, oh, soy, and then um, shellfish. And then there's one more and I never can remember it. Um, So you take all that stuff out for a month and then you slowly bring it back in. Oh, dairy. 
there you go, seven. So then, so then like I'll do this for a month and then for three days I'll add dairy to my diet for a couple of days and see how my body feels. And you'll know it's dairy because if you, your throat feels sore or you feel bloated or whatever, whatever kind of happens, you'll be like, oh, that was a dairy and I should have dairy. Um, so anyway, I'm off all those things, um, doing decent with it. And, um, except for, you know, setting my apartment on fire. Um, but I, in the beginning, the easiest way to eat this way quickly is a salad. So I was eating a bunch. I was making salads. I ordered a salad. I was having a bunch of salads and I was bloated, like genuinely like looked pregnant, bloated. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm eating nothing. And then it occurred to me why I hate salads because they've always made me bloated. So I was like, wow. do, do salads make you bloated? And it's like, especially when you have like, you already are somebody that has a hard time digesting stuff. Raw food is like awful for you. But this gave four reasons why salads might make you bloated. First one is dressing. So the dressing ingredients can things uh, have a lot of oil, salt, sugar. So you want something that's like low sodium, low sugar. That's not for me, didn't really make sense because I was just doing olive oil and lemon juice. So mm. I was a little bit like, no. Um, this is true. Too many raw vegetables. If you aren't used to eating fibrous foods all at once, you can basically, they can basically get stuck in your like digestive tract. So I do think as somebody that really doesn't eat raw vegetables, like I'll cook, but like, I've always known I'm supposed to cook them, but I just, you forget, you're just like, well, I'm going to have a salad. I'm the healthiest person in the world. What do you put in your salad? Can we talk about that first before you go to the rest of them? Um, yeah. So I was doing like kale. I was doing these broccoli sprouts because sprouts are supposed to be super nutritious and good for you. And I love, I actually genuinely love sprouts. My mom used to eat these sprout sandwiches when I was a kid and I thought they were so weird, but Delicious. clearly there's somebody has a sprout sandwich and it's like hummus and some vegetables and a fuckload of sprouts. Like it's what this is the bulk of the sandwich. They're so good. I love sprouts. sprouts. So like this book reminded me of sprouts and I was like, yes, yeah, sprouts, man. Like I feel like sprout, because my mom ate them so much when I was growing up, it just feels very like. Shout out home. to sprouts. Yeah. Sprouts guys. So broccoli. So it was broccoli sprouts, kale. Um, I would get like kind of pickled beets, like they were in vinegar or whatever. I love beets. So beets. Mm, me too. Um, um, my mom is, has a garden. She gave me a shit ton of cucumbers. So I'm just putting cucumbers and everything. Um, celery. Uh, before this diet, I was doing feta, um, little pine nuts. Oh, and then um, my brother got me into gooseberries. Oh, yeah. Those they're are like, good. yep. I tried those at your so place. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good. So I'd cut those up and I'd just, just for a little sweetness. And then I would just do olive oil, uh, lemon juice, salt, and pepper. That sounds amazing. It's pretty good. Yeah. The feta was, I liked it with the feta. So it was a little harder without the feta, but it was, it was still pretty good. But um, yeah, just blowing up my stomach. So then, of course, um, number three is excessive sugar and salt can be can be hidden in toppings. So like, especially if you go to like think like a sweet green or something, and you get like, you know, the almonds can have a bunch of salt on it, or you're getting something that's like super sugary. I don't know. And then number four is legumes um, could be adding more fiber than your your gut is used to. And you kind of basically all both with raw vegetables and legumes, they tell you to kind of slowly ease into it, but you don't, you know, when, whenever you eat healthy, you're like salad now let's do it. Like, you know what I mean? There's no easing. <laughs> so, um, I don't eat legumes. They've always upset my stomach. Yeah, you don't so want to have really to work. ease into like the most basic food. 
Like salad is supposed to be the cleanest, easiest thing you can eat. And like, you have to eat that, you know, it is a little upsetting to find out like the easiest supposed to be supposedly the most healthy thing my body can't handle. And you're like, what is, what do you do? What what is (laughs) like, seriously, I want to be like, just tell me what your problem is and I'll avoid it. Yeah. And so like, I genuinely think I have to, God, my elbows are so soft, like just going off gluten for three weeks. Like my elbows are, it made me like touch my elbows. I'm like, mine aren't so bad either. (laughs) It was funny because when I think of like, I literally was like, I do know gluten's a problem. And whenever I know gluten's a problem, I touch my elbows because that's usually where I get eczema. And I'm like, Uh, oh, my elbows are gorgeous right now. Soft. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like, that's like, the typical places I get eczema are my fingers and they get, and that's why I always wear gloves. Like when I clean and stuff, but like the winter they get really bad. So like my hands get eczema, my elbows always kind of have some little bit of eczema and then like uh, my ankles. And so like, I'm, I'm smooth. Like I'm, I'm out here looking smooth, but you know, that's just my body. That's, I always use that as a signal that things are, and same with like acne. Like I got one pimple, one pimple. We can handle one pimple. One pimple's great. Like I got one pimple. I was like, one pimple. This is, this is, we're living the best life we've ever lived. So it's like, I know, I do know the signs that I am healing and that clearly some of the stuff I've taken out is necessary, but how long is this maintainable? Like I will, after this, I do hope I stay on some kind of paleo like diet, but also I would like to, I'm, I think a lot of people are like this. Like what I would really love is that I eat healthy. And then when I'm out with a friend and they're like, do you want to get ice cream? I get ice cream. And then I go right back to eating healthy. But the problem is, is your friend goes, do you want ice cream? And you go, yeah. And then you're like, we could be doing this all the time. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like that was such a great experience. Like once it's broken, it's hard to get back into is what you're saying. Yeah. Or you start. Cause like for me, I was gluten free for quite some time and it was great. And then eventually you're like, so you break it, you break it once. And then you're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. And you're like, then you break it again and you think, oh, well, I haven't broken it in weeks. So it's not a big deal. And then things that, you know, you went from breaking it every three weeks to breaking it five times a week. Like, you're just like, oh, I eat gluten now. Like, yeah. Do you know, like when I quit smoking, like the 80 times I quit smoking, it was always the same. You go a few weeks, then you might have a cigarette at a party because you had, you were drinking or whatever, but that cigarette was so disgusting and it made you feel so ill. You're like, I'll obviously never smoke again. I obviously hate it now. And then craving comes up. You're like, well, I'm not addicted to it anymore because I think they're disgusting. I'm just going to have this one for God knows why reason. Then you have it. (laughs) And then you have like one every few days and then you're just smoking again. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost exactly with the gut is like, I'll eat a donut and I'll like, you know, the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. And then the rest <laughs> of the time you're like, ah, my stomach, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And you think same thing. I'm in pain. I'm never going to make this mistake again. And then the opportunity comes and you're like, it hurt my stomach, but it wasn't really that bad. And I'm not going to ever do this again. And, da, 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 da. and then eventually your body gets used to it and the pain actually gets less and less. So you are hurting your stomach, but it doesn't hurt as much because you've now trained your stomach to eat garbage and, but it's still doing, it's like whatever, beating up your gut, like things on the inside. I went through that whole cycle yesterday (laughs) (laughs) 
I had a piece of the cake and I felt gross and I crashed. I was tired. This is like 4 p.m. I'm like, I'm tired now. I've had a full day and like we're at a pub. So it's like this is the beginning of the night. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) I'm done. I'm tapping out. And then I gave it some time. Then I felt better. Then I had another piece of cake. wasn't even like a full week it was like two hours later you're just like let's do it again full it's cycle. so fucking good I was fine I'm fine <laughs> amazing so. so yeah probably never eat it and it was so funny is like at the end of the article they're like don't give up on salads I was like I'm never gonna do this again like a donut <laughs> is worth hurting myself a salad is not worth hurting myself I'm yeah. never gonna eat a salad again are you serious are you really not probably oh why there's no benefit to it for me i'll just cook vegetables that's fair enough yeah, yeah it's not right. that i'm never gonna eat vegetables again i'm just gonna cook them yeah okay got you yeah, yeah. man Would i love a good that? salad i used to make these big fun salads or best friend salads me and my friend Catherine would make these things and it would just be like lettuce and like okay I'm just about to list a bunch of vegetables and I'm realizing now how boring that is. Anyway, it was a bunch of vegetables. And then when I put like, like cooked broccoli on top. So it's like this like mushy broccoli with crunchy ass vegetables. Otherwise, I don't know. It was really good. Um, what did I Google? I trust that it was, it was delicious. Yeah. For, I was good at making salads and oatmeal. Um, you really are. I know. Someone like my flatmate commented on how good my oatmeal is. I'm like, I'm fucking good. I'm so good at making oatmeal. You made, you made it for me, like, especially because I was just like, I'm hungry. You know, can I make oatmeal? And I was like, sure. I don't know anybody that gets that excited. And then it was like delicious. And it was like, only you would take something that most people use, like instant oats. And it's like a two second making experience. And you're like cutting stuff. And then there's like, you know what I mean? Like potions involved. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, I didn't know it was like, only you would make something both complicated and more delicious that was already <laughs> good enough um pecans so can i i was like is okay so this google is like is drinking coffee after whitening my teeth making like going to stain my teeth more basically so like my dentist gave me some whitening for like after the um invisalign she was like put it in your tray and then whiten and then i fucked up something and she was like stop whitening for now because she had to like she, I had to re-straighten my teeth before she could use the trays again or something, something happened. And then, so now I'm supposed to start whitening again. And, um, but it's like every night until the two little needles, she gave me two syringes until those are out. Yeah. (laughs) Just like squirt these things into the, I'm like milking it. Okay. Um, and, uh, so, so I whitened last night, but I had like seven cups of coffee today and I was like, I don't think I should be drinking coffee after whitening. Cause I, my instinct is that it's more porous and so it'll just cause it to be more brown. Oh, interesting. And- so now according to Brookfield family dentistry and tell me why a Wisconsin dental practice comes up first. Cause I look, Good I don't that, know. Man. I'm nowhere near Wisconsin. I'm not from Wisconsin. I don't know what, but good for them. Whatever, whatever ad money they put in, they nailed it. Yeah. So when undergoing teeth whitening, it's important to understand how regularly drinking coffee and wine can affect your results. Um, so discoloration includes color. The most obvious way the color of the coffee is, is the color of the coffee and wine itself. The brown color of coffee and deep burgundy of red wines can discolor the teeth. Caffeine levels, because um, caffeine can dry out the mouth, which can allow bacteria and food particles to linger on the teeth and increase the risk of discoloration. 
Adding sugar or sweetened creamers to coffee can also make stains worse. And acidity. Most people are aware that red wine can lead to dental stains, but so can white wine. Um, because crazy. Yeah, I know. Because um, the high acidity, acidity can affect the enamel and lead to tooth discoloration. What, what were you saying? I just never, you know what I mean? Everybody talks about red wine, but I, you just, you just ruined at least four people's day. Yeah. And then it says the amount, the frequency of which, which I drink coffee. Like I'm never not drinking coffee. Um, and so can I drink coffee and wine? After- Sorry. I didn't after- know you weren't done. I'm not, no, I'm not done. <laughs> There's so much I more questions. left. I had questions. The rest of this episode is going to be about this fucking Google. Um, no, but so can you drink after whitening? It says yes, but you're supposed to wait 48 hours before you drink coffee. But they're like, what I love is they're like, um, you're not supposed to drink wine or coffee for 48 hours. This is crucial to protecting whitening results because the teeth are typically more porous and vulnerable to staining in the first couple of days after treatment. So you're, I was so right. Smart. Oh, thanks. But after this 48 hour period, you can enjoy it. But um, where does it say? Uh, we understand that completely eliminating coffee and wine is often not feasible for most of our Brookfield patients, which I think is funny. <laughs> like yeah. We have a town of like wine and coffee drinkers, just a bunch yeah. of boozers. We get it. Um, they might so as well just say like the human race. Yeah, like, seriously. It's not just Brookfield. Brookfield yeah, is no. us. Yeah, yeah. You're, not, you're not the only bougie fucking adrenaline seeking yeah. people in the world. Um, so the tips are swishing the mouth with water after drinking coffee or wine can help remove food particles from the teeth and neutralize acids. Uh, use a straw, um, or brush after drinking coffee or wine. Now it does say that was my suggestion is brushing after drinking coffee and wine. Yeah. But it does say to wait 25 to 30 minutes before brushing because, um, the acids in the coffee and wine can temporarily soften the enamel. So it's best to wait. Oh, interesting. Yep. And it says schedule a consultation. So oh, thanks, Brookfield. <laughs> if you're in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Neither of us are near there, but we maybe we have one listener. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I found out recently, like, tea is just as bad. Like, I'm just finding out, like, the thing, like, I don't drink and I, I don't drink coffee. So it's like, there's this part of me that's just like, I'll be fine. And then literally everything, they're like, have you looked at coffee? You're going to get it. Like, like, it's just yeah. like. Yeah. Um, you're like, after I whitening, you're supposed to just eat white stuff, <laughs> you know, like white bread, white rice. Just have, I'm eating an egg. Um, okay. So my question to you is um, I used to do those crest strips or whatever, and it was fine for a while, but then they became so painful. Like it felt like somebody was like cutting my teeth or whatever. So I just haven't whitened since I was like in my twenties, like, is that thing that your dentist gave, is it painful? Um, my teeth are a little bit sore. Like I can tell, but it's nothing I can't deal with. It's not like that. It's not that much. I, I don't know. I wonder like, yeah, but you have like fucking weak ass teeth. Cause you can't even, but there's certain toothpaste you can't handle. Oh, that's true. But that, <laughs> that was more my, that is valid. Um, I think that was my gums. So I, I use like hippy doopy, hippy dippy toothpaste because, um, my gums get like really inflamed. And like, I, at first I thought it was SLS, but I've had, I've used hippy dippy toothpaste that has SLS. So I don't know what it is, but I cannot use actually regular toothpaste. I always have to use like, like 
Tom's or Jason. I don't know why they're all named your, after your body's you. whole motto is I can't and won't deal with this. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, was I, was I raised on like some kind of like dumping ground? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why my body is so broken. I feel like you're raised in some like bubble, bubble. That, like you cannot handle anything. <laughs> well, you know, what's kind of crazy is they, and we've talked about on the podcast, being raised around a lot of animals actually makes you like, because animals are so dirty and babies just do whatever, like it's supposed to make you have a stronger immune system. And I like, I was like raised inside a barn pretty much with like all the animals at home and being at my parents' practice. Like, so I'm just like, why is my immune system so fucked? I don't know. I, I like your theory. I think in, you had some jokes about it, of that like your parents were practically siblings. Like they're just from the yeah. same like cultural yeah. background. Yeah, no, I, that, that was like the only logical thing I could come up with was just like, like I was, when I was younger, I was just so proud that I was like, you know, nobody's a hundred percent, but I was like technically a hundred percent Italian. And then you look, you think of that and you're like, which is even, sorry, this is kind of silly. There was a, I had a, a like you, I could see fans and my, my brother, my, my brother's name is Greg and he's not on any social media. I actually think I'm like, honestly kind of proud of him. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he's in his twenties. Um, and then I, somebody followed me and their name was Greg Mealy. And I had this moment, this was years ago where I was like, is my brother on it? And it's not, it's just some dude, a beautiful looking dude, by the way. So this beautiful dude that has the same name as my brother follows me. And I'm like confused for a second. And then I'm just like, and then I'm like, like he's beautiful. And then I was like, Bleh. like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> has the same name as my brother has my last name, like everything about it. I was like, Bleh. but like, like I just, and like, even in my dating life, like, like somebody like, if someone's Italian, I want to be like, I'm just so like, God, like, so I just don't know. Like, you just look like my cousin. Everybody looks like my cousin. Yeah. I don't know how people stay within their race. Like, why would I do that? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I remember we, we were both watching this show. Um, I think it was like, were they like, it was like love at first sight. And it was like two and it was an Indian couple, but the Indian yeah. guy was like, she reminds me of my aunt and I can't, I'm just not turned on by her. <laughs> like, like no, it, yeah um I, I i don't i don't know what like i just i don't actually understand how anybody is with somebody that has the same background as them because all i can think is like my cousins like yeah you know what i mean like i just i don't know like so anyway both my parents are italian and um um i just kind of was just like everything I learned in science, which is that you kind of basically from animal breeding, like you don't, if you have, if like a dog, if you keep inbreeding, they, 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 they don't work. Like they, you, you know what I mean? That's how you get some of these dumb dogs. So that's why, like, if you're a breeder, you have a breeder from California that has a poodle that flies their dog to New Jersey to fuck your poodle so that you can have like the most diverse, happiest poodles. And I was like, yeah, why aren't we doing that? Like, do you know what's weird is that so I was at the pub yesterday for Johnny's birthday and this girl walked by and like she was like blonde and some like like typically beautiful and I was like oh you don't often see that and no offense to English people but you don't often see this like this sort of blonde beautiful in England I was like that that girl has like such an American look and beauty about her and I'm, yeah. I'm not like oh my god Americans are so much prettier than the rest of the world but I kind of wonder if they are because it turned out I heard her say to the bartender, oh, I was born and raised in Indianapolis. So she was American. So I was yeah. right. I was like, this girl yeah. just looks like American. Um, uh, but I just wonder if it's because like America, 
has like people from all over the world. And so, and we're all like cross breeding and shit. And so everybody's yeah. just prettier because they're all mixing. But I kind of, I've always kind of thought that was true. And like, I, I mean, there's something about, I don't know, like you run out of people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Also we're in different environments. So like if somebody grew up in like Singapore and that was like their environment and then somebody grows up in, I don't know, um, Alaska, like that's such different environments. Your bodies adapt to those different environments. And then when you guys have babies, like you now you got like superpowers, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all that, your guts are different. Your face is different. Your, your thought process. Like I just, I don't know. Yeah. Do you know Conan O'Brien's hundred percent Irish? He did. A, yeah. Like, he basically, and basically when that happens, they know incest is involved. Oh, wow. Like it's, it's real. Like that's pretty much what he said. He was like, like when it came back, they were like, uh, and he's like, why? Uh, <laughs> and they're like, no, like, like 100%. that's if it's a hundred percent incest is involved. And he's like, cool. <laughs> it's like, not, nah, you just don't really what it, Cause like my, my aunt, my dad's sister did 23 and me a couple of years ago. And what's funny about it is when you're like in the early sets of it, you know, it's all based on how many people do it. So when, when she first did it, we were 97% Italian. All right. 97%. And then as more family did it and more people did it, we started losing Italian. Like we just, you know what I mean? Like I was like, we're down to 65%. Like what <laughs> happened? But that's when I told you. Um, so it came back that we were 10% um, Iranian. And so I guess that makes me 5%. You know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of even interesting that like, I, I'm not saying 5% makes you Middle Eastern, but like, there was a part of me that's always gotten Middle Eastern. We've always like our baby pictures. I mean, I just feel, I've always felt like you were my sister, but there is this kind of like, oh my God, I have a little bit of Middle East, like, and who knows? And that's just from my aunt. So who knows on my mom's side, but like all of a sudden it starts to make a little bit of sense that like features that people have always kind of assumed. I'm like, you're dumb. And then all of a sudden you do 23 and me and you're like, oh, I do have a little Middle Eastern in there. Like, that's funny. I met an Iranian woman at this coffee shop and um, she was like, oh, like, I'm sure I'm actually Egyptian. She was like, I got I went to Egypt and everybody thought I was Egyptian. And, I, and she did look Egyptian, but I was like, oh, cool. And then I don't I felt like she wanted me to, like, approve it. <laughs> I'm just like, you could be. Maybe you are. I don't what, like, where does this conversation go? Yeah. What do you want me to say? Like, I'm like. Yeah. And I never get Egyptian. Like Egyptians are always like, where are you from? And I'm like, no, I'm Egyptian. They're like, oh, half Egyptian. I'm like, no, I'm full Egyptian. I'm just Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, this is my cat. Just accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to do 23 and me to find out. And then I think Johnny's pretty against that stuff. I think. Um, it, my ex was against it because he was Jewish and he goes, and this is how it starts. I mean, in this environment, I would find want you. Any- yeah, no, in this environment, they already know everything about us. Like they know everything we've Googled. I mean, I, it's already scary, but I don't know if I want to take it to the next level. Yeah. 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 So I guess I'll never know. Yeah. Um, let's get personal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who has impressed you with what they have accomplished? Okay. So I don't know because like a lot of people, I think like, I just, I feel like, um, I just will go into Barnes and Noble and just be like, well done, everybody on these shelves. I don't know how you publish a book. <laughs> you wrote a book. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you wrote it in the first place, but good. 
job. Everybody here figured it out. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of people, I think like you were the first person that came to my mind. Like, I think you've accomplished so much and just you, you did it all yourself. You're like, fuck everyone. I'm fucking doing this. And um, and I'm just for on a day to day basis impressed with what you can accomplish because you're like, oh, I was watching the show. But I'm like, but you wrote a book. You have five specials. You uh, you're doing all these things. You're writing a screenplay. Like, I, like, when did you have time to watch 30 Rock? Like, I don't get it <laughs> with like how much you get done and like how you're always there for me. If I call like you like, well, like you have time for me. I just don't understand how you get it all done. So you. But like. Other than that, like I like I'm I'm always impressed, impressed by people I met as comedians who have become so much more like Jamie Lee. I met as a comedian, but I think like she worked at Comedy Central first and she was like a producer and then she like wrote on Ted Lasso. And I think she's like winning, winning Emmys now. Like I don't like uh, I'm I, I'm impressed with um, that. And like Phoebe Robinson. I don't know, like she just was like, I'm going to be a powerhouse. HBO show, podcast, books. Yeah. But like, wow. Incredible. The first person that came to my mind, especially because I've been talking to her a lot, is um, my friend Nitika. She, we had her on the podcast. Oh, yeah. She's like really guest. impressive. She just kind of started her business from scratch. Not even that. Like, she's been, she's, I mean, her whole half, most of her business about chronic illness, she's been chronically ill since she was 10 years old. So she's like, she's had points in her life where she was bedridden. She has points in her life where, like, she, like, if she didn't get this certain drug that she has to take, um, it used to be in her thigh. I remember she took it. Now she takes it in her stomach, but like every two weeks she has to take this drug and she has to give it to her herself. She has to stab herself, like, just there. <laughs> like, we could just stop there where, like, she has to stab herself every two weeks. Um, but like, I, I, I remember her, you know, I didn't meet her until we were in our twenties, but like, like she, she was married, then she was divorced. And I met her right after her divorce, but she was like bedridden for most of her marriage. And then after her, her divorce was when she really started to kind of work. And so at a, we met in an acting class and she went, she like immediately started acting and getting acting work. Then she immediately started like hosting. And then she um, started kind of making this brand and started like helping people. And then um, she wanted to do more with chronic illness. And so she started this, this, this conference called Chronicon, which is like literally for people with chronic illnesses to have a community and have more resources. And there's so many things that are overlooked when it comes to chronic illness, as opposed to just being sick and like eventually getting better, something when you have to live with it. But then she got diagnosed with a, a, something else. Um, that she's not fully public with, but she's really struggling right now. And she's still putting on this conference. She's still fundraising. She's still, and I'm like, every day she'll like call me up and she'll like be like, oh, this didn't go well. I was like, dude, you're amazing. Like, you're like, yeah. do you understand you're the sickest you've ever been and you're doing all this work? I was like, you're like, this is crazy. Like, I, like I'm the voice that's like outside of her being like, what do you mean you're sad? You're the most incredible person I've ever met. Like, you can't be sad. Like, but I just, I just, I'm blown away as somebody that's known her forever. Like I don't, she is so, she's in so much pain right now and she's doing so much work to the point where like, I was having trouble getting work done, which is funny that you were just like, you get so much done. But like, I felt like I took three months off. Like I just couldn't get anything done. And like, because I've been talking to Nitika a lot, I'm like, dude, she's, she's has double vision right now. And she's making phone calls. Like, I'm just tired. Like there's no yeah. excuse. So I don't know. I just, 
I cannot imagine, like, I think about how I feel when I have a stomach ache and how I don't want to do anything. And like her body is completely just being shitty to her and she's getting so much done and so much done for other people. Cause her dream is to help other people with chronic illness. And she's going through this like new and shittier hurdle, but I don't know. I just, maybe that's the secret. That's what we need is to help others so that we're doing it for others and not for ourselves. I help others. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's no, not like that's the thing that gets you out of bed. Like, it's not yeah. fame. It's not money. It's yeah. making sure other people are okay. And I'm just like, why is fame not motivating me today? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very good point. Also like survival, like, like, um, my dad, um, I thought of my dad as well, because like, you know, my dad didn't really have a mom. His mom was bedridden and sick his whole life. And, and his dad works like three jobs and was an alcoholic. So then he was taking care of his siblings. So young guy taking care of his siblings, then his mom dies. He's in college and has to do it all himself. You know what I mean? Like this, like I think about, I call my parents all the time. I'm like, the only reason I didn't call my parents for the fire alarm is because it was like too late and I knew they weren't around, but like, I, I, my car looks at me funny and I'm just like, dad, what's my car doing? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think of both my parents, my mom had no parents by the time she was 20 and my dad didn't have his mom and really never had his mom. And so then they went to vet school. My dad was dyslexic, couldn't get in, like got, you know, basically couldn't get into vet school five times. Um, didn't know he was dyslexic until he had his fourth child. And he's like, I also have problems with reading, you know what I mean? And like put himself through vet school, both financially and like head and then raised a bunch of kids and built a bunch of animal hospital. Like, I'm just like, like my dad would be like, like my dad will tell me this story, which I've heard a million times. And I'm like, yeah, dad. But like, when I really think about my dad's story, I'm just like, dude, this five, four came from nothing, had no one his personality is aggressive. Like it's this, it's this, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But like, and sometimes when I feel really dumb, I'm just like, my dad went to vet school. Like I can read a book. I can figure this out. Like, yeah. like I could, I just need to apply myself, but like, there are so many people I, and I always think of you where like, whenever I get scared of doing anything different or anything that I like feel so outside my comfort zone, I'm like, fucking Maria will just get up and go. Like, <laughs> like, almost old school stories of like our parents where they're like, they came to this country with $5 and they didn't know anybody and they made it work. Like, I don't know, Maria, like the amount of times that like, she was like, she had a duffel bag and dreams and she moved to LA. Yeah, I never she have moved- any money. I'm just like, I don't <laughs> no, know. No, I don't want to get there. <laughs> I did not include those $5 there. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's like, you've always been so resourceful, but also a risk taker in a way that I take risks, but they're calculated and there's benefits to that calculate calculation calculation. And sometimes I try to be like, why don't you try it this way, my dear? <laughs> um, but there's also some things you can't be calculated about. And I, I just, I've always been a blow blown away by your like fucking, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you are like <laughs> just somebody looking across a bridge being like, I don't think you've ever jumped that far. And you're like, only one way to find out. I was like, there's other ways to find out. Like, <laughs> I'm already, ah. <laughs> I'm like this like anti cheerleader where I'm like, you should do it, but maybe we should take a class first. You want to take a class? And you're like, classes are for losers as you're jumping. <laughs> but it, it is there. So I find there's like so many people where like, 
And I think in some ways that's kind of how you make friends. Like I think of my friend, Amanda, like there's just certain people in my life where I'm like, I could never do that. So that I just watch them for years. And I'm like, maybe I can do a little version of that. Like, Oh yeah. I really think it's helpful to like, um, have people in your life who are doing what you want to be doing times like 20. Cause like, it really makes it that much more viable. You see it happening and it's suddenly, it's not just like, Whoa, that's such a crazy thought. It's like, it's not a crazy thought. It's absolutely doable. They're and you know, it. look, I know everything about you. So whenever you would like tour the world or move somewhere, I'm like, I know she doesn't have money. I know she doesn't know anybody there. I know she doesn't know what's going on yet. She just did it. And now it's all working out. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And you just go, I'm going to ask a couple more questions and I'm going to try <laughs> to do that as well, but maybe different because I would like to have money. <laughs> 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 but it, but I mean, and I think in this time where I feel, I do feel like I'm stretching. Like I do feel like I'm, I'm doing a, a lot more outside my comfort zone and I feel like I'm pushing myself. So I think I'm scared more. And I think a lot of that, like not wanting to work is that I'm doing so many things outside my comfort zone that your body just kind of like almost shuts down a little bit. But I also feel like this is the most excited, it's the most scared I've been, but the most excited I've been at the same time. That's awesome. That's yeah. like, what, like, what are you doing that's outside of your comfort zone? I mean, I think going out, like seeing people, going to events, doing all that stuff is just genuinely with all my social anxiety, a lot for me. Um, I think the type of writing that I'm doing, the type of meetings that I'm taking, the, um, this is the biggest shift in my career I've ever had. Like it's always been, I just want to do stand up, and, and I'm accomplishing that and I'm grateful and I'm still going down that path, but there's so much more I want to do creatively that between like writing a book and writing scripts and pitching and coming up with ideas and brainstorming and like putting myself out there unfiltered, like something like this podcast where it's like, you know, I'm very edited and, and, and I choose my words very particularly like this, this was really scary when we started it. And I, and I like, I remember you I, saying like, you don't like to, you, you like to know what you're going to say before you say it. You don't like to just off the cuff be talking. And yeah. I'm it. a moron. Then you're great. <laughs> but I, I think in the last couple of years, I've just been like, ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Like just, you know, like, knowing where my next step is as I'm taking a step, which is something that I look like you and Amanda and a, a couple other people in my life. And I go, it's inspirational to watch somebody as somebody that is so calculated to watch people be less calculated, not to say that you're just willy nilly, but there's a trust in you and a belief that you have in yourself and in, I don't know, the universe that I've never had. And I've been scared to lean on but especially in a career, a freelance, uh, you know, show business like career like ours, I now see the the risk taking leads to to some stability. It's kind of crazy to think about it that way. But like here I am, twenty years in my career. In some ways, I'm still kind of in the middle of this bridge, with not sure which direction I'm going in. But like the amount of people that I get gigs of because they heard my name and the amount of like random money that comes my way and recommendations. Like you have to be kind of in the middle and out there for all this good stuff to happen to you. And if you're on, if you're in the beginning too scared to cross it, nobody knows anything about you. Nobody, nobody's there to help you. Nobody's there to, to, to even know that you're trying. 
So you sometimes have to be in this scary, vulnerable, out there in the middle of this bridge, unsure if it's stable, what direction you're going into, if you're, if it, when the bridge ends, you have to kind of be there for all the good stuff to happen. And it's like hard to tell yourself that, let alone tell other people that, Yeah, you know, like, ugh. you have to be taking the step, not knowing if there's anything under it. That's so fucking, we don't teach people that because that's dumb, but it's the only way to do it. That's like all I know how to do. If I think about it too much, I'll never do anything. It's like, just, yeah. I, I honestly, I just like have to just say, I'm going to do something and then do it or, or <laughs> think about it too long, get scared and, you know, we'll see out of it. Like I've been wanting to get more into theater because I want, I, I love performing like standups fun. I wanted to like put it away for a minute. Like performing live is very scary. Theater is very scary. No idea how to get into it, you know? But like, I'd like to write a play and I'd like to act in a play. And I'm like, well, I guess I have to do what I did with stand-up, which was just start surrounding myself with it. So yeah, start going to shows, start taking classes, start talking to people, start figuring out who the directors are. Like, it's just like you just start asking questions and getting into this world. And then suddenly things open up and it doesn't seem crazy to put on a play in the upstairs of a pub. I could do that. I do that all the time with stand-up this time just involves some other people, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but it's just like, you take these little steps. You just kind of go like, what's over here. And then you go, Oh, that's not so unfamiliar. And then suddenly like, you just like, you're just like climbing like step by step by step. And then suddenly like you're up this mountain that everybody's looking like and going like, how the fuck, you, how the fuck did you get up there? And you're like, Oh, I don't know. I took a bunch of stupid yeah. small steps. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So I think, I think more and more, What's really nice is when you do surround yourself with people that kind of blow you away, you get to see some of those steps because when you look at somebody like a Jamie Lee, who we started with, who's now winning Emmys for like Ted Lasso, you go, I was there. I was next to her. I was on shows with her, but how did she get there? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. As opposed to like, I look at my friends and I go, oh, I remember not only them taking that step, they were scared out of their mind. And they also were like, I did this much of preparation, but I know I just have to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. Like they, you know, how like, they say like, uh, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time. Like, what is it? Like you're the, yeah, you're the, you're, average. you're the sum. Of, yeah. As well as they have a disproportional influence on you. So if your four or five people are super negative, then you're going to be negative. And if your four or five people are like, fucking rich you're gonna be fucking rich was it my joke that i was like i need to start telling these people to step up their game (laughs) 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 like it's their fault not mine (laughs) yeah yeah, take no responsibility that's amazing um it is kind of like on a much more micro scale when you're at um a cafe and then you're supposed to be writing especially in LA, like you're supposed to be writing, but you're kind of just like meandering and you're having a piece of cake and some coffee and then texting people. Maybe you're on words with friends and then, but you look up and everybody's on their laptops, like typing away and they could be meandering too, but you don't know, but it may, it looks like they're all like writing their screenplays. I'm like, all right, I have to get started. Everybody else is doing this. And And then then finally somebody looks over at you and you're like, and they're like, Oh, I got it. Yeah. 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 So, but you just need to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do and doing it more. And then, you know, that inspiration just kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. Go, go, you, go inspire somebody guys. 
go be an inspiration. Um, I would love, I would love to hear, I love hearing other people's like stories, like who in their life inspired them. And like, if, if they've inspired other people, like I, I want to hear all that stuff. I think those are like, I don't know. I love shit like that. Oh yeah. I read books. I read those books. I watch those movies. Those like, he came from nothing. And then look, like, yeah. I think it was like Unbroken or Unbreakable. That was a book. It, it was made into a movie, but it was like this guy did. I don't know. I don't even want to give it away. It was just incredible. Like those are the type of things that I love hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can write to us. Where can they write to us, Maria? Two non-doctors at gmail.com. That's the number two forward doctors at gmail.com. Write to us, guys. We love hearing from you. And we'll see you in yeah. two weeks. That's the number two weeks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. I don't know if she's ever going to tell me how to fix myself.